turn to Romans chapter 5. Just a few verses here, verses 17 through 19. This uh, being uh, a month where Pentecost falls, I felt like in our Sunday morning services that we would just break down some this new birth experience that we have to have and understanding you know, what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost when he preached repentance, baptism and being filled with the Holy Ghost and so uh, we're just going to uh, dive into this plan that God had from the beginning and so in Romans chapter 5 verses 17 through 19 we're going to begin to understand the reason for the plan that God had For if by one man's offense, he was referring to Adam in the garden, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came. Aren't you thankful for the free gift? The free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Our lesson title today in this series of You Must Be Born Again is this, Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive. Let's, Let's pray together for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word, and oh, thank you for the plan of salvation. Thank you, God, for seeing our our needs and looking past our faults. Lord, let us hear what the Spirit would say today. Let us gain understanding, and Lord, let us believe and trust that what you did is for us. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house today. Hallelujah. Thankful. Thankful that God made a way. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. This, um, in this series, you know, when we read what Paul wrote here in Romans, we realize that there was something needed from the beginning. And uh, God provides a way for people to be free from, from sin and from the penalty of sin and then a way for us to be restored uh, to spiritual life. Scripture says God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. To be reconciled is to be brought back into divine favor. And when we're reconciled with each other, things are made better between us. Well, when we're reconciled to God, things are good between us again. God loves us even when we're unreconciled. But he desires for us to be reconciled. He desires for things to be right with us. Uh, that's why he said in, in Isaiah, he said, come let us reason together. He said, let's reason, let's talk about this. He said, you've got sin in your life, but I can wash that. I can change that. I can make that better. And so, but knowing that there's a plan is not the same as believing that the plan works for you. You've got to trust that the sacrifice that Jesus made on that cross uh, is no one that is for you and that it is sufficient 
to wash you and cleanse you of your sins. You've got to believe that the sacrifice is what it is. It is the only way to be saved. And no matter what you've done, your sin was not so great that the cross wasn't greater. The Bible says where sin abounds, the grace of God does that much more abound. It's, uh, sin will never be greater than God's grace. It, 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 never, it doesn't have more power than God's grace, but um, if we don't believe and if we don't obey and if we don't receive this free gift, then we let, it's, we let sin have power over us. And, and then uh, we earn the wages of that. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, we must be born again. Jesus said that. John chapter 3, in verses 3 through 7, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, and he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born and now God begins to explain his plan a little clearer because he gives a little interpretation of what it means to be born again. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And that which is born of flesh is flesh. That's our first birth. That's the, um, and you could even tie that back to uh, the first created man. He was flesh created from the ground, flesh and blood, became a living soul after God breathed into him. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. We've got to be born after and have the image of both men. We've already carried the image of Adam. We need the image of the second Adam. We're going to talk about that again in a minute uh, because he was a quickening spirit. But Jesus said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. We shouldn't let this trip us up. We shouldn't um, act like, well... You know, I think everything should just be fine like it is. Jesus said, this is the way. This is how it happens. This is how you see and enter into the kingdom of God. You must be born again, born of water, born of the Spirit. And that was the plan that he had for us from the beginning of time. The Lamb of God in God's mind was slain from the foundation of the world. And he knew that uh, we were going to need a plan of salvation. We were going to need a way to get out. And so when uh, God created Adam and Eve, man, it, things were great. They had fellowship with God. They were, in, they were in obedience to God. There was no need for salvation in the garden. There was no need for reconciliation in the garden. They were perfect just like they were. But then this is where sin came into uh, life, and this is where sin introduced death to humanity. This is why we need to be born again. But if we go understanding where the need started helps us to realize even more today that we need it. When the humans were first created as living souls, um, it says that God created them in his own image. Male and female, he created them. He formed Adam from the dust of the earth and then he formed Eve from a rib that he took from Adam as he caused a deep sleep to fall upon him. So um, Adam was created from God's creation, and so was Eve created from God's creation. But their, uh, So their physical bodies were made, but then the immaterial, the thing that you can't hold or see, uh, it came to pass when God breathed into Adam. Adam was laying there. He was, his body was completely perfect, just like it was, but it was lifeless. 
Was it dead? Because it had never lived. It was just lifeless. But then it says God breathed into Adam and he became a living soul. And when we see now Adam and Eve in the garden, there's no hint of them being disobedient, rebellious, being sinful. It just talks about the positive things. They walk with God in the cool of the day. They talk with the Savior. They, uh, the, they, uh, she's a help meet for him. Adam has dominion. They're taking care of the garden. Things are, are going well. And they're in God's image. And humans, we have a, a greater connection with God than any of his other creation because we are number one made in his image and it takes his breath. He's the one that gives life to us. He's the one that, uh, when, uh, even today, when all over this world, babies being born right now, if God doesn't grant them life, they don't live. They're going to need him. God is the giver of life. And so um, when he created us like that, he breathed into Adam, made him a living soul, and we become these living creatures but there's also, being created in God's image, he said, I'm going to give them the power of choice. God has the power to choose, and so do we. We have free will. And, and so uh, since he gave us that, that power of choice, he also gives us uh, warnings. He gives us his word. He gives us instruction. And he gave Adam a warning. He said, I know that you can choose what you want to do, even living here where things are perfect right now, you still have the ability to choose, so let me tell you what happens if you choose this path. But in Genesis 2, 16 and 17, he said the Lord, uh, God commanded the man. He gave him a commandment. He said, of every tree of the garden you can eat freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat of this you will surely die. So just telling you, Adam, hey, there's a lot of good stuff in here, but stay away from that tree. Don't eat of that tree. It's a choice. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to put a fence around it. I'm not putting a wall around it. I'm not going to plant a uh, minefield around it where you'll blow up if you get near it. It's, it. it's accessible, but you don't need to be messing with it. You know, sometimes we need to remember that God's word's enough that if, if God says, hey, don't touch that, then hey, just don't touch it. If he says stay away from it, stay away from it. That's why he said in one place, come out and be separate and touch not the unclean thing. He said there's some things you just need to stay away from. Keep, keep away from. So, But the thing is, is Adam and Eve did exercise their freedom of choice and they disregarded the warning and they suffered the consequence of death. Now, I want you to look. He said in the day you eat it, you'll surely die. Now, a lot of people think that God repented of that statement because they didn't just drop down dead when they took a bite of the fruit. Adam actually lived to be 930 years old, so uh, that's a long life, a, a real long life. But God was not talking about physical death. He was talking about spiritual death. Um, and so the Bible uh, references to death. Uh, when you read that, it's, you know, we think of death as in this dimension of, well, people die, they take their last breath. And that's what we think about death. And so if God said, you eat this, you're going to die, they should have dropped down dead. But that's not what he's talking about. In the scripture, death is always about separation. The death of a human is not about a cessation of existence because we will exist somewhere for eternity. Even when we take our last breath here, 
There's an eternity to be spent somewhere. We must realize that. Every person born will exist forever. But when a person dies, that person's material and immaterial components are separated. The spirit goes back to God that gave it. The body returns to the dust. There's a separation. Uh, we see that in Scripture when Jesus talked about Lazarus and the rich man. He said when they both died, they both left the physical world. But even in uh, a place of torment, in a place of paradise, there was a gulf. There was a separation. And that's what uh, this spiritual death is about. James made this point in James 2 and 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Adam did not become a living soul until God breathed life into him. The, the human body is lifeless without the spirit. But upon their sin in the garden, uh, Adam and Eve experienced a spiritual death. It wasn't the same as it was before. Their relationship was not the same. This act of rebellion in the garden caused them to be ashamed. At one point, they, when they were first created, it said they, that they were naked, but they were not ashamed. It was no, because there was no sin. They had no knowledge of things like that. But once they disobeyed God and ate of that tree, uh, there was a separation that they felt immediately because once they ran to the voice of God and now they were hiding from the voice of God. They tried to cover up uh, their nakedness and their shame. They, they tried to cover it. They tried to make things right, but nothing they did made it better because they were hiding from God and God came and found them. What's going on here? And God knew what had happened, but he wanted them uh, to tell them. But for, at this point, they were separated from the fellowship that they had with God and they were expelled from Eden. The death they experienced was that separation from the Lord. And uh, Paul wrote about this in many places in the book of Romans and, and in the book of Ephesians. He said, you as he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Well, when I was out in the world not living for God, I wasn't dead because I was doing the things I shouldn't have been doing. But I was spiritually dead. God loved me, God saw me, but I had no fellowship with God. I was not reconciled to God. I was separated from God. The scripture says that Isaiah 59 and 2 says, but your sins, your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. I can't pray for God to bless me with a better job when I'm out just living for the word and think God's going to take care of that or pray for healing in my body when I'm out doing whatever I want to do and not serving him and think God's just listening to me. God sees it. God hears it. But I'm not in relationship with God. I am spiritually dead. I am dead in trespasses and sin. I am a walking dead man. The Bible says we're going to come to a point where we're not dead in sins but dead to sin. That's when we come back into the right place with God. So the death to which these texts that Paul wrote, what we're reading about here, it's not talking about physical death. It's appointed unto man wants to die. We're all, if the Lord tarries, we're going to die. The new birth does not stop physical death. Being saved does not stop physical death because we know that the dead in Christ are going to rise first. The rapture may keep you from seeing physical death, you may be caught up. Those that are alive and remain will be caught up. So that could happen. But just being saved is not a force field from death. We can still die. There are many saints that have gone on. We know that. Now, 
In the Garden of Eden, there were, again, we talked about the many trees that they were there, but there were two that were mentioned specifically. One was the tree of life, and it was there to provide an opportunity for Adam and Eve to live forever. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was there to give them an opportunity to exercise their freedom of choice and obey God willingly, not forcefully. The option was needed to make the relationship with God mean something. God does not force us to serve him. And God loves us, but he doesn't force us to love him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's your choice. But that's, that's what I want. You can't give me anything. You, know, you can't give me a gift that, 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 can, that I, anything I need. He said, if you love me, just keep my commandments. And so for our love to mean anything to God, it has to be a choice. It's not forced. God does not force us to love him. And after they sinned, Adam and Eve were exiled or separated from Eden to prevent them now from eating of the tree of life and living forever. The tree of life was not there to impart salvation. You weren't going to be saved by the tree of life, but uh, it could preserve their life from physical death. But they could not stay in the garden in paradise that God created in a state of rebellion and live forever. So God expelled them because he said, I, they're, 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 they've rebelled. Who knows what they'll do next? I don't know what they'll do next. But they're not going to stay here and just live forever in rebellion. And so he expelled them uh, out of, out of uh, the garden. And so we see that from the earliest possible time that we can see that relationship with God is possible and made possible by faith and obedience to him. It's not about, it wasn't about not eating from a tree. It was about faith and obedience to him, which is what we have to have. We have to know that God has given us free choice, that there is a way to be lost and there's a way to be saved. And we'll make that decision. It'll be up to us. We'll decide which way we go. But God knows that we need salvation. So he said, you must be born again. You must move from this spiritual death to this life. That's why Paul said we are buried in baptism with Christ. We're buried into death with Christ in baptism, but we're raised up to walk in newness of life. We're to be different than we were before. He wants us to realize that we can't stay in a state of rebellion and spiritual separation we can and know about the plan I'm sure Adam never forgot those words, don't eat of that tree. I wonder how many times he wished he had to just listen to those words. And we can hear and believe and know about, about the Lord, that he died for us. But until we do something about that, what are we going to do about it? The connection between sin and death uh, is seen in Romans 6 and 23, again, spiritual death. He said, for the wages of sin is death. Now, I've had people argue with, about that, and I've seen them talking about it. Oh, he's talking about, you know, if you, if you sin, you'll die. So, man, if you live right, you're going to die. I mean, it's not, I said, now, can sin lead to physical death? Sure. If you're breaking in somebody's house and going in there to murder or steal something, that's sin. And you could get shot and killed, and it and so I, that, yeah, but he's not talking about that. He's talking about uh, two different things here because the next verse is the gift of God. Well, I'm sorry, stay right there. Verse, 
He said, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So he's talking about places that we'll be. Where will we be? The wages of sin is death. That's separation from God. He said, so you're either going to earn separation because wages are what you earn by what you do, but you can't earn salvation. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, and that comes through faith and obedience, not about works, but obedience unto God. And so uh, the death that we see here is separation from fellowship with God, just like Adam and Eve experienced. Whenever we are um, not right with God, before we come to him, whenever we're in rebellion or in sin, we are in the image of the first Adam because we are in rebellion. Just like we, we're not doing the things that God told us to do or not to do. And so we're bearing the image of the earthy, this first man. We're going to read about that again in a minute. But Paul, uh, he explained this in, um, in Romans uh, Let's see, Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, he said, he said, Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Nobody is born righteous. Nobody is born. We think a little baby hadn't done anything, but we're born under that curse. We're born in that, uh, that, that uh, fallen state of man, and, and though we are not... Uh, maybe accountable at those early infant ages like that, still we will come to a time if we live long enough that we will have to believe in the gift of salvation that came from Jesus. Uh, a six-month-old baby that can't even understand what you're talking about has no idea, of course, and, and the Lord knows that and we know that, but a child that grows on up and gets into their later years, uh, they understand right and wrong, and they understand if we tell them, that's why it's important for us to train them up in the way that they should go. We need to tell them as they get old enough uh, why this is wrong and, and help them understand, not to scare them or to frighten them and torment them, but to let them know that there are consequences as you get older to the life and the things that you choose. But Jesus made a way out of that. We must be born again because we're either going to be dead or we're going to be alive. He said, reckon yourselves to be dead unto sin and alive unto God. But you're not alive unto God without the plan of salvation, without that new birth, because that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. And so if we're going to be connected to him, there's going to have to be a spiritual birth. We've got to have that. So... The consequence of sin upon humanity is universal. Nobody escapes it. Uh, this is not a reference again to physical death because we all uh, have that coming to us if the Lord tarries, but separation from fellowship with God. When Adam was created as a mortal uh, being, only by eating of the tree of life could he have lived forever in his physical body. He had to do that. Scripturally, though, death is not extinction, it's separation. And uh, Paul said in Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's come upon all of us. Uh, now, in this, he talks about two different tenses. He said, all have sinned as past. We've all got a past. That's why the scripture says that, that baptism in his name is for the remission of sins past. 
That's where the blood of Jesus is applied, and it washes us clean. When you go into that water and go or buried in his name, whatever you did, if you went in that water in faith, believing that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead, when you come up out of that water, those sins stay. All that's there. God washed that away. In his eyes, you have been washed clean. What he said in Isaiah 1, uh, your garments are now white as snow. They're white as snow. That's the way. But now, he said, uh, we deal with that, but he said, all have sinned and fall short. That's present tense of the glory of God. We just talked about it Wednesday night. We all fall down. We all fall short. We all have times where we, we, we fall short of that glory of God. We're not perfect yet. Even Paul said, I'm not perfect yet. I haven't attained to that perfection, but I'm striving for that. And, and I'm going to, where I already attained, that's where I'm going to stay. I'm, I'm, not going, I'm not going backwards. I'm going to keep reaching forward. I'm going to try to get it better. So if we sin, the Bible says that we can confess our faults and Jesus is faithful to forgive us. Uh, that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Once we become His, once we experience that new birth, He still makes a way knowing that we could make mistakes, that we can still be forgiven if we repent. We talked about dying daily, uh, that, uh, that we repent of our sins every day. Father, forgive me for my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. When I pray, if, if you pray the Lord's Prayer every day, you're going to be asking for forgiveness every day. And you might be like, well, I don't think I did nothing today. Probably did. You know, it, it escapes us. You know, our, we're, our, our flesh, we, we kind of put the okay stamp on it on a lot of things. We just, oh, God probably don't care about that. You know, but um, they deserve that. You know, they, they deserve that, that chewing out I gave them or whatever, you know. And, but so, you know, we, we'll, we'll just look over it. But I don't want anything in, in my heart. Oh, God created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Uh, if, if Paul, as mighty as an apostle and, and a man of God as he was, could say, I know that in my flesh dwells no good thing. Well, who in the world am I that I would think that, oh, I, I get a free pass today. I'm going to be praying every day. God, forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. And so, this is a universal thing. All the sin that comes short of the glory of God. Uh, so we need. this is why we must have the blood of Jesus for sins past and for sins present. God, forgive me and wash me, cleanse me again. Uh, keep my garments unspotted. So we all need a Savior. Sin is universal. We all need a Savior. It doesn't matter what country you live in what your skin color is, what your bank account looks like, what language you speak, it don't matter. We all need a Savior. Isaiah 45 and 21 and 22, uh, the Lord said this, Tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who has declared this from the ancient times? Who has told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? There is no God else beside me. A just God and a Savior, there is none beside me. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all ends of the earth, for I am God. There is none else. He said, I don't care what part of the world you're in. You've got to be looking to me. I'm the only Savior. And if he's the only Savior, the book of Acts 4 and 12 tells us that there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. 
hey, in that day, there's going to be one Lord and his name one. Yeah. Let me tell you, I'm glad I know the saving name. Acts 1 and 12, there's no other name than the name of Jesus whereby we must be saved. That's why we baptize people in the name of Jesus because it is the only saving name given. That's the only name given. So the Lord said, look unto me and be ye saved all ends of the earth. Well, the scripture said, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. I'm telling you, uh, it, it all connects. I'm thankful for the name of, the name of God. And, and so uh, even Paul said in Galatians, he said, the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might give, be given to them that believe. In Matthew 1 and 21, the angel said, And she shall bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The angels uh, lit up the sky and said, Man, we got some good news. There is a Savior born today. Well, just now, because way back in Isaiah, a just God and a Savior, there's none beside me. Look unto me and be saved. He said, yeah, well, God was manifest in the flesh. And so uh, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We know, we know that. But the angel said, in this day in the city of David is born to you a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And so thank God uh, that the Lord made a way. His name, Jesus, depending on where you look, it, it, it means several things, uh, several interpretations. Yahweh, Savior, Jehovah, Savior, He is Savor, or He shall save. There's, uh, uh, depending on uh, how it looks, we know that's, that Jesus is the Greek, and we know that uh, people in other lands with other languages pronounce that differently. We know they, they can say Yeshua, and, and that, that's what they're meaning, the same thing that we're saying. And so there's, uh, that's not going to... You know, mess you up. Or you say, oh, they, they can't, them, them Jewish people can't be saved because they ain't saying the name of Jesus. Well, they're, they're saying what they know. And, uh, and you know, in, a, in other languages, it won't sound like that. And so, uh, but it's clear to us through this scripture, through this book God has given us, that when we pray for people in the name of Jesus, we see things happen. People that have been baptized in the name of Jesus say, I felt it when I come out of the water how God had changed me and we've seen many miracles in the name of Jesus and so uh, to get back to where we are Jesus came to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins he is the savior in 1 Corinthians let's see if I can get there 1 Corinthians 15 verses 45 through 47 it says that and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, that's talking about Jesus. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit, or he was a life-giving spirit. And God is a spirit. The Bible says God is that spirit. <laughs> and God was manifest in the flesh. The life-giving spirit was manifest in the flesh. That's why... Uh, he said in the book of Acts that God has purchased this church with his own blood. But God's a spirit, and a spirit don't bleed, so he prepared a body that he could dwell in so that there could be a sacrifice. Jesus came to be that sacrifice. So the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first, which is spiritual. Jesus didn't already exist. He didn't already exist. He wasn't sitting in heaven somewhere 
Bible says he was begotten. That means he came into existence. That body didn't exist. So, howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. That means the, the earthy man, uh, the first Adam. And afterward, they came the spiritual. Afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth. He was created from the dust of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are also they that are heavenly. So that's which born of flesh is flesh. That's which born of spirit is spirit. As we have, and as we have borne the image of the earthy or the first Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, which is the second Adam. The Bible says, of course, in that day, if we're here when the rapture occurs, that we'll all be changed in a moment, a twinkling of an eye, and we'll see him as he is, for we shall be like him. But also, as he was a, a human, a living soul walking this earth, and as he was uh, justified in the Spirit, and the Spirit of God descended on him, and uh, when we are baptized with the Holy Ghost, you know, he, Jesus said, uh, he asked them, said, can you be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? And they said, yeah. And he said, well, you, you're right, you shall be. And so we're baptized uh, with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We have the Spirit of God living inside of us, and, and we bear an image of the heavenly. The things that he does we can do, and greater things shall we do, because the Spirit came to dwell in us. And so uh, we have been under the image of the earthy, the first Adam, separated from God. There was a time in our infancy where things were right with God, but now we're separate. we were separated from God, but then God brought us back into reconciliation through his blood. So those that were far off are now brought near by the blood of Jesus. But where's the blood of Jesus applied? And then we're filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the Spirit of God is the Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness that we are the sons and daughters of God. We're baptized into one body by one spirit. The spirit is what includes us and brings us in. Uh, we need to be born again. You must, Jesus said, be born again, born of water and of the spirit. So uh, the first Adam, he was of the earth, but the second one, he was a quickening, life-giving spirit. And so he, he died that we might have life. He gave his life so we could have life. And so... And again, go back to put Romans 6 and 23 up. So we see we're either going to have uh, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's, that's it. We're either going to earn wages or we're going to take the gift. And I want the gift. I, I want the gift. I, I don't want to be separated from God. Uh, I want to be with him. I want life. Uh, eternal with God. I, I won't, uh, you know, that that tree couldn't provide salvation for Adam and Eve in the garden, but the tree that Jesus hung on, it provided salvation for us. And when he died on that tree and shed his blood, took his last breath, uh, he took his last breath that we could continue taking breath, that we could continue to live and, and be with God. I want to live with God forever. I, I want that. And, and so I, I've got a trust that this sacrifice is for me. There's so many people today, even though they, they say, well, I believe that he did that, but I just can't believe he would do it for me. And why? It, it's our mind. It's, 
you know, we've been tricked in our mind or something's happened. I don't know, just life we lived has convinced us that no good thing will ever happen to us. But Jesus died for the sins of the world. And if people will look to him and believe in him that he is the son of God that died for their sins and rose again from the dead, and not just believe, but obey. Paul said the gospel is, in 1 Corinthians 15, he kind of described it like this. He said, Christ died for our sins according to Scripture. He was buried and rose again the third day according to Scripture. That's it, death, burial, resurrection. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so to receive this benefit, we must believe. But genuine belief will result in obedience. I've always been from the, the most carnal things you can think of. Uh, belief will lead to obedience. If you really believe it, if you really think there's a consequence, you'll obey. It's, you know, that's why we have laws. And a lot of people, they, they, you know, they, would, they would see things in the store and they'd be like, oh, I'd love to have that. But they don't steal it because they believe if they do, there's a consequence to be paid. There's some people that believe they can get away with anything and they get caught. But uh, when we believe in the sacrifice and in this plan, then we obey it. And you see it played out. That's not just you know, wishful thinking. It's, it's, number one, it's what Jesus said, Mark 16, 15 and 16. He said, preach the gospel to every creature in the world. Preach the gospel to them. He that believes, out of the people you've preached to, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Or he that is born of water shall be saved. And then these signs of all they that believe, they'll speak with new tongues. Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. And so we see in, in Acts chapter 8, that's exactly what happened when Philip found the eunuch going across the desert in the chariot. He preached Jesus unto him. When they came to water, the eunuch, he just had one question. Well, here's water. What's stopping me from getting baptized? He said, well, if you believe, you can. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He took him into the water and baptized him. Born of water, born of spirit, I'm sure. Uh, at some point, it didn't say right there, but he got on the chariot going his way rejoicing, went on his way. Philip was caught up by the Spirit back to the revival going on in another part of the world, and there he was. But when we really believe, we'll obey. You know, the Bible says, it doesn't ask the question of the believer, but it says of those who are obedient. He said, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel? Not believe it, but that obey it. You know, belief and obedience, don't, that ain't the same thing. And so what will be the end of them that obey not the gospel? On the day of Pentecost, they asked Peter in Acts 2 and 37, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said this in verse 38, repent. That's a turning. Turn back to God. Get back to the things of God. Turn away it's not just a turning to, but it's a turning away. You turn away from the direction you were headed and the things that you were doing. Repent is equated to death in the gospel. Repentance is death. And be baptized, burial, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ because he's the Savior for the remission of sins past. That takes care of the things in the past. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, newness of life. And so that's what we're... This month is, you know, this is what it's all about. When we start thinking, for us, as we start thinking of Pentecost coming up, this is what happened. That This is where God 
began to pour out his spirit on all flesh. This is where the, this message was first preached. Uh, they weren't preaching that in the Gospels. They weren't preaching that before. They were, it was given to them to preach. Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 24, he said, he said, you go and preach repentance and remissions of sin in my name, beginning at Jerusalem. And that's where they were at, waiting for the promise of the Spirit. And when Peter stood up and preached, he preached repentance and remission of sins in Jesus' name. And that's, what, that's where the church was born. That's where things started to turn around. That's where the plan of salvation that uh, needed to happen because of what happened in the very beginning. By the disobedience of one man, many were made unrighteous, but by the obedience of one man, Jesus Christ being obedient to the death of the cross, many were made righteous. Praise God. Let's stand together this morning. Thank the Lord for this opportunity and this new birth that God has given us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God's good. Why don't you lift your hands for just a moment and just love on the Lord.